heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Dearly beloved brethren, the scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by his infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace, saying after me. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
before the sound, could the lights go up slightly, please? Thank you. Sorry, Giles, thank you.
first lesson is from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 1 to 8, and verse 14 to the end. Early in the morning, Joshua rose and set out from Shittim with all the Israelites, and they came to the Jordan. They camped there before crossing over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place. Follow it, so that you may know the way you should go, for you have not passed this way before. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, a distance of about 2,000 cubits. Do not come any nearer to it. Then Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. To the priests, Joshua said, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on in front of the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went in front of the people. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. When the people set out from their tents to cross over, sorry, when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, I have a piece missing. Uh, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Araba, that is, the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Here endeth the first lesson.
second lesson is taken from the epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Hebrews, the first chapter, reading from the first verse. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be his father, he will be my son. And again, when he brings the firstborn to the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds and his servants flames of fire. But of the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And in the beginning, Lord, you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like clothing, like a cloak you will roll them up, and like clothing they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will never end. Here endeth the second lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
saints of Jesus Christ, our Savior. is Tomorrow Shall Be My Dancing Day, which is a traditional English carol. It first appeared in William Sandy's book, Christmas Carols Ancient and Modern, which was first published in 1833, although it is thought that this particular carol may date from as early as the 16th century. Interestingly, every verse characterises the life of Jesus as a dance. And unusually, all the lyrics are written as though Jesus is speaking them himself in his own voice. For example, Then I was born of a virgin pure, and in a manger laid and wrapped I was. In the anthem's first verse, there is the phrase, To see the legend of my play. And it is thought that this could refer to an earlier version of the carol, which might have been associated with a mystery play, of the late medieval period. Tomorrow shall be my dancing day.
speak to the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A man was learning to catch fish through ice. He made his way onto the ice, tentatively walking so as not to fall. His hand clasped tightly onto the rod that would somehow secure his supper. As he slowly made a hole in the ice and plunged his rod into the icy water, there came a voice. There are no fish under the ice. Feeling slightly worried but determined at this prospect of finding more, he moved on and began to make another small hole in the ice and poked in the stick into the water for hope of a catch. Again the voice came, this time louder. There are no fish under the ice! The man, taken aback, thought before he spoke. In response, he said, Is that you, Lord? The reply came, No, it's the manager of the ice rink. <laughs> it's just a story, but I'm glad you laughed. <laughs> or a joke of a man confusing hearing the voice of God as the voice of someone else. It made me think though, when we think of God speaking to us, is this how we imagine it happens? A voice coming from the heavens, shaking us to our very being, with warning and with correction. Well, that's not the experience of the hearing of hearing the loving God that I know. He speaks to me when I least expect it, and in maybe an unexpected place, but he does speak. And we have all had experience of God speaking to us in one way or another at different points in our lives. The trick is to be responsive and to listen to the still small voice and to hear what it means for us. In the second of tonight's readings, the letter to the Hebrews, the writer tells them that God is speaking and has been since time began, long ago to their ancestors in many various ways, by the prophets and now through the Son. The letter to the Hebrews, to give context, was likely to have been written to new Christians who had broken away from Judaism to follow Jesus Christ. They encountered difficulty and persecution, and these former Jews began to wonder if they had made a mistake in becoming followers of Jesus Christ. It is possible that they thought about returning to their Jewish roots, but this letter was, was written to encourage them not to abandon the one who alone could save them, the one who was superior to anything else that the world offered. So we are told in the beginning of the chapter that God has been speaking to them, maybe not directly, but through the Old Testament prophet. He was speaking to Isaiah in visions, to Jacob in dreams, Abraham and Moses encountered God speaking, but now there had been a shift in what God was doing. The Jewish people who were familiar with the Old Testament stories 
would have recognised God revealing himself to them, but a new way that broke down barriers had occurred. He was speaking to them through the smallest of gifts, his own son. And we have just celebrated, some 2,000 years later, the gift of God still speaking to us. And his message is clear. He has made mankind for a relationship with himself, that we might know, love, serve and glorify him. So how might this Christmas tide our relationship be strengthened? How might we hear God speaking to us now? For many of us, it won't be how the man on the ice encountered the manager of the ice rink. A great booming voice. It is more likely to be subtle and in a small voice, an encouraging voice, and one that we might not hear straight away. He has spoken to us through the gift of the Christ child. God has revealed himself directly to us. It is true that God revealed himself through the words spoken to Jesus, through the message, but he did more than that. Jesus Christ is the living, divine Son of God. He did more than just proclaim a message. He is the message. Some of you will already know, as part of my job for the ambulance service, I have the privilege of supporting bereaved families. It is my job to make initial contact with those families and to support them through what can be a very long and hard journey. After the initial phone conversation, there, are, there can be long periods of silence from the family where their process of grief begins to unfold. I would never initiate a conversation that wouldn't be appreciated, but rather I am often guided by God to know what to do. I pray regularly for those I have been given and for myself and I wait for God to guide me. I wait for God to speak. So this Christmas tide is the celebration of the greatest message that we will ever hear. God is with us. God came near so that we could draw near to him. But why would he do that? because he wanted us to know that we are loved and created for a reason. He came to proclaim the message that we have been set free from our sins. So in the weeks to come, we will see through scripture that God does speak. Through us now, through the child Jesus, through the man Jesus, through the cross of Jesus, and the glory of the resurrection of Jesus. As our story unfolds day by day, God continues to speak to us in the most extraordinary ways. And as Christian brothers and sisters, we are called to listen out for the voice of God speaking, to encourage us and to nudge us. But we can only hear him speaking if we are listening. So friends, we pray together and ask, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. Amen.
we sit or kneel to pray. Let us worship the Saviour with joy and make our prayer to our Heavenly Father. The Magi came from the East to worship your Son. Heavenly Father, grant to Christians everywhere the spirit of adoration. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. The infant child Christ received gifts of gold, incense and myrrh. Father, accept the offering of our hearts and minds that we may be always open to hear your word. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ. Gracious Father, grant an abundance of peace to your world. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. The Holy Family lived in exile and in the shadow of death. Father, look in mercy on all who are poor and powerless and all who suffer. Especially from this community, we pray for Mike Jackson, Erica Honeybone, Shirley Russell, Jean Bannister, Graham Webster, Brian and June Sutcliffe, Ginny Camponi, Tom Heafy, Jeff Blowers, Shane Simpson, Baby Percy, David Bond, and Marjorie Carroll. Remembering all those also in long-term care. Mary Metcalf, Margaret Burton, George Brown, Jennifer Mode, and Lynn Perry. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Your son shared the life of his home and family at Nazareth. Father, protecting your love, our neighbours, our families, our loved ones, and this community of which we are part. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Rejoicing in the fellowship, in fellowship with the shepherds, the angels, the Magi, the Blessed Virgin, Saint Joseph, and all the faithfully departed, we commend ourselves and all people to your unfailing love. Merciful Father, Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, 
our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 